At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Greg Peterson Experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It's hour number three of the Great Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. We've got a superb hour coming up for you guys. We're going to be joined in 15 minutes by one of our good friends over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, Scott Reichel. is a man that knows a little bit of everything about so many different markets. We're going to be talking some NBA, some NHL. We're going to dive into some tennis and so much more with him because guys will be getting a lot of college basketball tonight and Front half and the back of the hour is going to be dedicated to college basketball. We've got north of 60 games on to try to find you guys some winners, whether that be out there on the East Coast, whether that be in the heartland of America in the Midwest, or if that be out here on the West Coast. Winners are winners. We're going to try to unearth as many as seemingly possible, but got to try to get you guys some winners when it comes to some of the more major professional sports leagues as well. Scott, he does such a great job on so many different fronts, so he's going to be joining me in about 15 minutes. In about 45 minutes, if you missed my DK Network right up from hour number two, well, we're going to re-rack that for you. And the Beer Review Bracket is going to be revealing the next brewery that is going to be going to the Sweet 16 as well. I mean, a titanic clash here between New Belgium along with Three Floyds. Three Floyds, they got an 8.5 out of 10 yesterday, so we shall see if the original Voodoo Ranger is going to be able to match up with that. But it's hard to match the chemistry that we've got in college basketball, so let's step into the lab and try to see if we can find some winners in the Pac-12. Are you looking for the best lines on the market? I don't want to get paid to lose. I want to win! Then sit back and let Greg cook up the best insight in college basketball. Uh, what a fine day for science. And we go to Westwood for this one as UCLA, they're going to be playing us to Colorado. This is on the betting board, 801-802 with UCLA. They find themselves now as one and a half point underdogs. This was a pick them on the open. Total has come off just a smidge. It's opened up at a 137. Now we're finding it at a 137 half. And I feel like the correct move is being made. I did set Colorado as a four and a half point favorite. Now, for those of you guys that follow the 
old VEASAN Circa College Basketball Hoops Invitational, I did fade Colorado, and I was the only person in that field that did. I pretty much picked up a game on the field when I took Arizona in that one. And I do think that this is a spot where Colorado is going to be up for this game. And this is a UCLA bunch that I still have my question marks in terms of this offense. They've been much more efficient recently. They've been able to get past the 70-point plateau in three of their last four games. Lazer Safadovich now shooting in the mid-30s from three-point range. That's been helpful, but you got a UCLA team that they still have been pretty ghastly in terms of their offense. They're outside the top 225 nationally in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis from three-point land is really where they do get hurt. This UCLA team, they're shooting from three-point range right in the neighborhood about 31.5% for three-point range, actually up to 32.5% for three, but goes down to 31.5% when they're at home. So that's eh, been a bit of an issue for them. And they go up against Colorado team. They, they do have some pretty demonstrative home and road splits. Colorado a bunch of ranks in the top 20 nationally in terms of their three-point shooting percentage. And you do have to be a little bit aware of these splits. You do want to take a look at Colorado and realize, all right, this team is scoring about 13 points per per runner possessions when they're away from home rather than when they are at home. But Colorado is going to be able to knuckle up down low. This team has been tremendous on the glass. They bring in Eddie Lampkin from TCU. He's been able to give you some plus rebounds per game. Colorado, a top 15 team in all of college basketball. The guards rebound rate and for UCLA, well, Adam Bona has been able to do a solid job, giving you six rebounds. He gives you a little bit on the interior. I just don't think that they're going to be able to do a great job of being able to match up with this Colorado team down low. And then you've got KJ Simpson, Tristan De Silva, a pair of guys that will be able to shoot it well in the high 30s slash low 40s from three-par range, supplying the team with a combined about 35 points per contest. And while you've been able to have Sebastian Mack be a Mack truck over there for UCLA, giving you about 13 to 14 points per game, just doesn't shoot it well from distance. He only shoots about 29-30% from three-par range. UCLA, it just feels like with having lost so much of that backcourt from a season ago, they just really don't have too much of a main facilitator, a main leader on the scene. Meanwhile, Simpson clearly has been that for this Colorado team, and sharing is caring for this Colorado team. You've got a whole bunch of guys that do a nice job of being able to dish it out. Out of their top six scores, five of them do give you at least two assists per contest. It is a Colorado team that, because they do everything possible to be able to sell out, to be able to get those good three-point shots, they do turn it over a little bit more than what you'd like, about 13.2 turnovers per game, but also... The bookmakers are telling you that this is going to be a tight line. They open it up as a pick -em. Now UCLA finds themselves as a one-and-point underdog. You know what you want to take a look at? Free throw shooting. And you know who shoots it very well at the free throw line? Colorado at 79.3% at the charity stripe. That is something that you do like to see out there. Top four scores, three of them shoot at least 82.9% at the free throw line. And that could loom very largely against the UCLA team that... It's not like they're number 300 in the country in terms of their free throw shooting or anything like that, but I mean, it's a little bit shaky. They're about 72% at the charity stripe, and I do think that that's always something that you want to keep in mind in tight spreads like this. It is a spot where I'm going to be willing to back Colorado in this game, and I do think that it ultimately does come down to Lake and Felling. I did set my line in terms of the total at a 140.5 because UCLA has looked a little bit better on offense. I do think the Colorado is going to be able to do a solid job being able to convert some threes against a USCLA team that is about 100th in the country with regards to their opponent's three-point shooting percentage. So I do like the over in the spot, and I do like Colorado to be able to get the job done and to be able to cover this number. How about if we take a look at one of the bigger favorites on the board and one that I'm going to be willing to back as we go to the WAC, 805-806. It is Grand Canyon playing us to Utah Tech. Utah Tech, an underdog of 19.5 points in your total on this game. is there between 149 and 149.5 with Grand Canyon, I did feel like they should be a full 20-point favorite. I'm going to be willing to lay this number. With Grand Canyon, this team has been absolutely remarkable with their defense. They are now 8th 
down at eighth in the country. Jordan's points a lot on a per possession basis, and you've got a bunch of guys that do a nice job of just being able to pound the glass for this team, including your main guy, Tyon Grant Foster. Grant Foster, a very interesting story. He was the number one rated junior college transfer in all of college basketball a few seasons ago during that COVID 2021-22 season. He was over there at Kansas, just really couldn't get out there on the floor, was dealing with a whole bunch of injuries, and now he's become one of the most well-rounded players in basketball. Leads the team with 19 points per game, gives you five and a half boards, one and a half blocks, 1.7 seals. Well, he shoots about 32% from three-point range, but it's pretty passable for a Grand Canyon team that does a great job of being able to supply him with a bunch of shooters around him. Plus, if you are in a scenario where you need to come down to late game following each other, top four scores do shoot at least 75.3% at the free throw line, so you're able to feel good about that, but... Gabe McLaughlin has been able to give you about seven and a half rebounds per game. This Grand Canyon team, they do a good job of being able to guard the three-point arc. Coupled with that, they do a pretty amazing job of being able to guard you on the interior as well. And for Utah Tech, this team just has not been able to hold on to the ball. About 16 turnovers per game. That is a bottom 30 mark in all of college basketball in terms of turnovers on a per-possession basis. And for Utah Tech, this has just been an absolute disaster for them. They're outside the top 260 in terms of their rebound rate. This team was supposed to be built around being able to pop it from three-point range, but maybe deal with injuries all season long. David Elliott has only been out there for nine games, and he's been legitimately one of their top three-point shooters at about 43% from distance. Deion Riley has been missing for six games. Now, he should be good to go in this one. And when Riley's been out there, he's been able to shoot 48% from three, so that's a nice little booster for this team. But that said, he's not taking a lot of volume. He's only taking about a three and a half per contest. Meanwhile, you've got Noah Gonsolovic, who's had to do a little bit of everything for the team with 12 points per contest, but the team just does not have a lot down low other than Tanner Christensen. They're not able to do a good job of being able to the glass. The team allows quite a few open looks from the interior as well. They're all outside the top 225 in terms of opponents' two-point shooting percentage. With all those turnovers, with all those self-inflicted wounds, I do think that this turns into a very demonstrative Grand Canyon win. I do did set them as a favorite of 20.5 points. I'm going to be one to lay it in with Grand Canyon. They're playing a little bit more up-tempo than they have in past years, but they're not super-duper up-tempo. You've got a Utah Tech team then. They do look to push tempo, but I just think against this Grand Canyon defense, they're not going to be able to do their part. I'm going to be taking a look at this little under semi total 148 and a half, and I'm going to be willing to lay the number with Grand Canyon. I'd be willing to lay up to 20 with them as we are looking at this college basketball card for Thursday right here on the Great Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. And how about if we take a look at a team that has been an absolute bulldozer out there in the big sky the last few seasons? This is 795, 796 on the card. Eastern Washington is playing us to Idaho State. The Idaho State Bengals find themselves as a nine-point underdog with your total between 143 and a half and 144. I absolutely love this Eastern Washington team. And they're a team that they do have those big home and road splits. They average nearly 19 points more per one hour possessions at home rather than in a neutral court environment. You've got Dane Erickstrup, who's six foot eleven. He comes in from the division two level, was playing out there in the great state of California. He's been able to fire it in there at a clip of about 36%. From three-point range, this man is not cowardly. Cedric Coward is able to give you about 15 points. He shoots north of 40% from three-point range. You just have so much versatility. Jake Kyman, who began his career over at UCLA, he's putting in there at about 40% from three-point range. And you've got an Idaho State team that's outside the top 250 in terms of opponent's three-point shooting percentage. Just a textbook matchup nightmare here against an Eastern Washington team that at home, they shoot 42.6% from three-point range. Now, for what Eastern Washington does, amazing on offense. They do sort of lack a little bit on defense, as this is an Eastern Washington team that they're about 228th in the country. It turns points a lot on a per-possession basis, but a lot of people, when they try to gauge a good-slash-bad team, they'll just look at the raw points allowed per game. They'll look at the raw points scored per game. 
Do not be one of those people. Because if you look at Idaho State, because they're one of the slowest teams in all of college basketball, they don't give up a ton of points. So you'd be looking seeing like, oh, Idaho State, they're lying just barely over 70 points per contest. Not a great defense, but not bad. But you dive into the analytics a little bit further. They are 280th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. They've been a little bit better here in the last few games, but for Idaho State, it's been a little bit of a struggle for them. Malik Arrington, he's able to give you about four, four and a half assists per contest. I do like the versatility of Braden Parker. He's able to give you about 12 points, throws in there about five to six rebounds per game, but I do have my trepidations here with this Idaho State team. They do turn the ball over about 12 times per contest. Not great, not terrible, and Eastern Washington not going to be going out there generating a whole bunch of turnovers or anything like that, but with the way that Eastern Washington is just able to light it up from three-point range with the way that this offense has been very much transformative when they've been in the Big Sky Conference, and this team has been able to cover north of two-thirds of their games all season long. I do think that they keep it going. I feel like this total is a little bit too low despite the fact that Idaho State is slow because they just give up gob tons of points upon points in those low amount of possessions. Semi-total 146. Looking at the over and with Eastern Washington. Something is a 10-point favorite, so I'm going to be willing to lay the 9 in. Coming up next, we're talking some NBA, NHL, tennis, and so much more with Scott Reichel, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you have yet to, do check out the all-new VSN.com. It's got a fresh new look. It's able to be navigated all the more easy than before. And on top of that, you've got great articles coming out every single day. Even though the football season is done, we're taking a look at the futures market, getting you guys the best bets with regards to the NBA, NHL, and you're able to find my handicapped daily college basketball lines all the easier on the all-new VEASAN.com. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Always great to be joined by this man, Scott Reichel. He does such good work over the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, taking a look at so many different things, whether it be football, basketball, hockey, tennis, you name it, he does it. And Scott, always a pleasure, my friend, and appreciate the haircut. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always great to be able to have you aboard. And Scott, 
We are coming up to the last few days before the NBA All-Star break, so it's a little bit of a limited card for Thursday, and let's call it what it is. Typically, you do have more limited cards on Thursday, but that said, this is the main game that we're going to be finding, as I believe that this is one of just three games that we're going to be seeing on the card, and it is the uh, Golden State Warriors taking on the Utah Jazz with the Jazz. You're finding them as about one-and-a-half-point underdogs, and the last game is 137.5. Any sort of take here with regards to Warriors versus Jazz as been a warrior team that's been really all over the place here in the first half of the season. Yeah, I'm going to lean to Golden State uh, minus the one and a half here. Uh, just looking at their overall form, it's better than Utah's. They've won five of their last six. Should have been all six, but they choked away that game against the Clippers on Wednesday night. The Jazz, though, got buried by a Lakers team without LeBron. They've lost nine of their last 13, so Utah's kind of fallen off a cliff. And the Warriors did just beat this team in Utah a couple days ago. They won by 22 on the road. But Golden State's in better form. I know Utah was a good story for a little while this season, but they've quickly just plummeted back down to earth. I'll take Golden State. They're in better form. I think they end the, I don't want to say first half of the season, but they end the pre-All-Star slate on a high note, and they cover the, this uh, spread. And when it comes to this game, I do think that it is going to be one of fascination with the Minnesota Timberwolves, who have really been rolling in the Western Conference. But we've seen the summer come down a little bit from the opener. They were the Timberwolves, a 9.5-point favorite. Now they're an 8.5-point favorite. Total of 216.5. I know that you've got a player prop on this game, along with taking a little bit of a look at what we've all got in terms of the game as a whole. Yeah, I feel like it's always tricky to pick a game in an immediate rematch because these teams just faced off against each other a couple days ago. Uh, but I'm looking at DeAndre Aiden, and I like his over 24 and a half points and rebounds at minus 108. He's had at least 31 points and rebounds in seven of the last nine. And in that last game against Minnesota a couple days ago, he had 22 points and 16 rebounds. So he flew over this number. He played well against Gobert on Tuesday. I think he's in line for another good game here. Give me Aiden over 24 and a half PR at about minus 108. And then I do need to bring up this game because I am someone who is a fan of the Milwaukee Bucks, but I am not a fan of what has happened with regards to the coaching staff of this game and, or this team. And in this game against the Memphis Grizzlies on the road, the Bucks are 11 and a half point road favorites. And I can tell you, I might not be backing the Memphis Grizzlies in this game, but I am not willing to back the Milwaukee Bucks laying 11 and a half points on the road with Doc Rivers as their coach. Yeah, I don't really want to lay that number either, especially after they lost to Miami the other night when uh. half the roster didn't play. Uh, but I do think looking at this overall spot, I probably have to look for Giannis props. They might blow them out. We'll see. I don't know if Milwaukee's capable of blowing teams out. Uh, but going through the last couple of meetings, I do think Giannis is in line for a pretty decent game. The assists haven't really been there, but you never know with Memphis because so many of the usual pieces for that team are injured now. But I think Giannis is in line for a pretty good game here. I'm not going to lay the 11 and a half, so I'd have to take the points if anything. Do I want to bet on this game? To be honest, not really. I'd rather bet on other games. Uh, but I think if I had to pick a prop on this one, I'd probably look to uh, either Giannis with rebounds or I'd consider maybe a Lillard under, but nothing really that strong. Yeah, I mean, man, with this Milwaukee Bucks team, it's been relatively rough. And I do want to get your thoughts on the Eastern Conference, just where we sit right now, because the All-Star break, it is coming up very, very rapidly. And I just take a look at the East because towards the beginning part of the season, it was really your big three in the Boston Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the, and the 76ers. I mean, as a matter of fact, just two to three weeks ago, it looked like they really had a stronghold in terms of the top three. But we've seen the Knicks be able to climb up. We've been able to see some very good performances out of more of these teams. I've been towards the middle of the conference as well. The Cleveland Cavaliers have been coming to mind for me as well. Just how do you take a look at the East going into the All-Star break? Because 
because I do feel like there's been a lot of movement with these teams outside the Boston Celtics who continue their stranglehold as being the top team in this conference, in my opinion. Yeah, the Celtics clearly look like the best team in the East, especially after uh, they won by 50 again against the Nets last night. Uh, but the issue with the Celtics is the same as always. Missoula is the coach and Porzingis can't stay healthy. So I feel like that's still the main issue surrounding this team. Not to mention a late game execution, which I'm still not a fan of when I watch Tatum hit a, a tr attempt a bunch of fadeaway step back jumpers and they never go in. Uh, but I do think that Boston is a team that should be favored to win the East. Are they going to remains to be seen. Cleveland's been in very good form lately. Do I trust Allen and Mobley together in a playoff series? No, uh, because I saw them get destroyed by Mitchell Robinson last year. So I'm probably going to be hesitant on Cleveland. Milwaukee's a lost cause. Not going to bother with them. They don't guard anybody. Uh, you're looking at Philly. They're a lost cause because Embiid's injured. So I'm not going to try to guess when he's going to come back and what the story is for that team. You mentioned the Knicks. They've gotten better. Are they good enough in my opinion? No, I don't think they're good enough offensively. Uh, I know Randall's coming back, which should help things, but we've seen playoff Randall is usually not a good experience for Knicks fans. So I'm going to pass on the Knicks as well. I think I got to at least consider Miami based on last year and how they seem to always invent something out of nothing with Spolstra. So Miami maybe could find a way to make another dark horse run, but it really should be the Celtics versus everybody else. The only question is, is Missoula going to stand in their way and maybe they'll find themselves blowing another series they should win in potentially seven games. Yep, and I always do think that that's a trepidation that you do have to have with the Celtics, the coaching, not necessarily the world's greatest with Joe Missoula, but I feel like he's improved a little bit, but it's not saying much after what we saw last season as well. As joining me on the show, we do have Scott Reichel, who does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, joining me right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network, and the trade deadline that came and passed from the last time that we spoke, Scott. And I do want to get your thoughts here. Were there any teams that they really made marked improvements to you? Because I just took a look at the trade deadline and I was pretty underwhelmed other than perhaps the Sixers picking up Buddy Heald if they're able to get Joel Embiid healthy. I think that that could be able to help them out. But past that, I really wasn't too impressed with a lot of these teams and the moves that they made. Yeah, it was pretty quiet. A lot of teams that should have blown up the roster ended up not doing so. Atlanta, for example, Chicago, Toronto, all these teams didn't really do much uh, by the deadline when they should have, especially Atlanta, who got buried by Charlotte on Wednesday. But you're looking at which teams improved. People say the Knicks are the biggest winners of the deadline because they got Boyan and they got Burks. I can't really evaluate that team until Randall comes back. So I'm going to put a little bit of a pin in the Knicks. I like what they did on paper but I kind of have to wait to see them get healthy first before I fully judge the moves they made. I think the biggest winner right now is Dallas, who got Gafford has been really good. They got rid of Grant Williams. I know Grant Williams hasn't exactly uh, been, he wasn't really that effective in Dallas, and it seemed like most teammates didn't get along with him. He's been okay with Charlotte. But I do think that Dallas right now is one of the bigger winners. They've been in good form. They ended up burying the Spurs on Wednesday. They're probably the biggest winner right now in terms of a potential dark horse contender. They got a lot better at the deadline. If I had to think of some bottom feeders that got better, I actually kind of like what Charlotte did. They've been good lately, Charlotte. <laughs> Trey Mann's been good. Uh, Grant Williams has played some decent minutes here. Um, Michich had a decent game a couple uh, games ago. Charlotte's won a couple games in a row. I mean, if you want to talk about which teams got better and which teams actually look like, I'd say, just a more competent basketball team, Dallas is the first team because they have won a couple in a row and they're in line for what could be a pretty sneaky run to a top six, top five spot in the West. But I got to mention Charlotte. They've been good, and trading Hayward apparently helped free up some of the younger guys. 
Yep, absolutely. They've been able to give you a few covers recently, so that's been nice to take a look at. And I know that you were talking about Dallas as well, which I just take a look at the Western Conference right now, and I do feel like it's a little bit hard to decipher because the Denver Nuggets, they're still towards the top, and with them being the defending champions, we cannot give them short shrift, in my opinion. But really, your top teams throughout the season thus far in the West has been the Minnesota Timberwolves and the OKC Thunder. How do you take a look at the lay of the land in the West, especially with the Clippers and what they were able to do to surge just in the late December, early January months before things have been a little bit more stable here in late January, early February? Yeah, so most people are still picking Denver because of just the respect factor of being the defending champions, having the best player in the entire league. I'm still shocked Denver didn't trade for a bench score. I still don't like their bench at all, and they didn't do anything to address it, so we'll see what happens maybe in the buyout market. But Denver should be the pick for most people. The Clippers are going to be a common, I don't want to say dark horse pick, but a common sleep. I can't even call them a sleeper team, just a team that people are expecting to get over the hump. I don't see it, especially with Kawhi getting injured. Uh, now he has an adductor injury. I don't know how long that's going to last, but we know if Kawhi gets hurt, this team has problems. Not to mention the history of underachieving with Paul George and with Harden in the playoff series. So I still probably wouldn't pick the Clippers, but they might make a decent run. I'm not taking the Thunder. They didn't get a, I can't believe they didn't get a center at the trade deadline. They could have used Gafford, could have used anybody, but I think they're too small and they're still a bit too young. So I'm not going to pick them. And Minnesota offensively is still a bit too, I'd say inconsistent for me. So I'm not sold on Minnesota either. It's probably between the Nuggets and the Clippers right now, but could I see a world where Dallas makes a run? Maybe. I think Dallas might be worth keeping an eye on. Yep, with the Dallas Mavericks, them being able to get a little bit more on the interior and what they did in the NBA draft the last few years as well has been impressing me and I'm always impressed with Scott Rachel. He knows a little bit about everything. We dove in on the NBA here in this segment and coming next, we'll give you guys some NHL and tennis picks for this Thursday right here on the Great Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bay Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you are looking for a betting edge on college basketball, the VSN experts have got you covered. Become a VSN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. You're able to get everything that we have to offer here at VSN if you subscribe today. That includes our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access. The upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to Visa.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit Visa.com slash subscribe today and sign up for as low as $9.99. That's over at VSIN.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Always great to be joined by Scott Reichel. He does tremendous work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And Scott it was great to be able to talk a little NBA in the last segment. Let's take a look at the action that we're seeing on the ice, though. And we do have some intriguing games that are going to be going down for this Thursday. And the one that catches my eye the most is this one between the Colorado Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning, a pair of teams that have been able to make the Stanley Cup playoffs in recent years with the Lightning. They find themselves as very, very slim favorites at home of about minus 108 to minus 115 with a total of 6.5. Shaded up to the over. How do you take a look at this Lightning versus Colorado Avalanche game? Yeah, I'm going to lean to the uh, Lightning here in the spot. Colorado's really not been a good team on the road this season, but they have been very good at home. I just think looking at the goaltending issues for Colorado, they're a bit too glaring for me to ignore. 
I'm not a big Georgiev guy, uh, just personally. Uh, even when he was with the Rangers, I never thought he was that great of a goalie. Uh, this season, he's been okay. I'd say not great, but Tampa has been in, pretty, has been in a better form lately. They had a nice win against the Bruins last time out. But I do think that this line is short, but warranted. I'm going to lean to Tampa. They've been good at home uh, for the last couple of years, especially. Uh, but Colorado not being a good road team, I think that this line is fair. I'll lean to Tampa in this spot. And then when it comes to this one, it's a little bit of a chalkier money line, but I do think that it's very warranted as the Anaheim Ducks have been brutal this year, and they're on the road facing off against the Ottawa Senators. Ottawa's actually seen this line come down a little bit. They opened up at a more around minus 210. Now we're finding them in the neighborhood about minus 190, minus $2 with a total of 6.5 shaded up to the over. And I know you do like the Senators in this spot, but you don't necessarily like laying minus $2. So you've come up with a way to be able to reduce the juice on this one. Yeah, so I'm going to take the Senators to win regulation at minus 125. Uh, the Senators have won four straight quietly. The team's still bad, but at least they've been good recently. Uh, the Ducks have been really bad the entire season and recently, as they've lost 13 of their last 18. Ottawa, despite being a bad team, is very good offensively. Uh, the Senators are averaging 3.43 goals per game, which is the seventh most in the league, while the Ducks are averaging just 2.52 goals per game, which is the, seventh, which is the uh, fourth fewest. So I think Ottawa's just going to have too much firepower, and I'm still gives up a ton of shots. I just think Ottawa is going to control the game. They'll score probably four or so, and that might be enough to get the job done. Give me Ottawa in regulation at minus 125. Yep, this Ottawa Senator team has been able to come on a little bit, and as I was alluding to with the Ducks, it has been relatively brutal with them, and this is going to be one of the more competitive games of the night as well. See, Los Angeles Kings got off to a really nice start to the season, but it's been a little bit of tough sledding for them recently. They go on the road to face off against the New Jersey Devils, who open up as minus 130 favorites. This is down to more around a minus 110, minus 115, still string a straight minus 125 out there. But how do you evaluate the Devils going up against the Kings? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Devils here on the money line at minus 120 at home. The Kings have been brutal. They've lost 15 of their last 19. Uh, they've also lost nine of their last 11 road games. They were in decent form for two games, and they got buried by Buffalo 7-0. So I guess that was a fluke, that two-game stretch. But New Jersey's fine. They're not a great team either, but I do think the Kings are just in too bad of a form on the road for me to want to back them at such a cheap number. And the Devils have been in better form lately. They've won each of the last two games by multiple goals. Give me the Devils at home here against a team that's lost 15 of their last 19 at minus 120. Yeah, it's been rough for them as we've got Scott Rachel, who does a tremendous job over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Joining me on the Great Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. And let's take a look at this one as well. As the Florida Panthers, they're going to be on the road facing off against the Buffalo Sabres. Total on this game is 6.5 with Buffalo. They're about plus 130, plus 135. There are a few books that have been a little bit hesitant to put up this line as I know that there's some goalie decisions along with a few injuries in this one. But I know you're taking a little bit more of a look at the player prop front with the Florida Panthers. Yeah, so I'm going to go with their best player. I'm going to take Matthew Kachuk over half an assist at minus 120. He's had at least one assist in eight of his last nine games. He's had two assists in each of the last three games, including two against Pittsburgh on Wednesday. And the Panthers historically have been very good offensively against this team, as the Panthers have scored at least four goals in six of the last eight meetings. But Kachuk's been involved in pretty much every goal, or it feels that way, for Florida recently. An assist in eight of nine, two assists in three straight. I just think Florida's rolling right now. Give me a chunk assist to minus 120. And then there's another player prop that you're going to be taking a look at, and it involves the old Dallas Stars as you're looking at one of their players to be able to have a nice night for the Stars. They're going to be on the road against the Nashville Predators as slight favorites, anywhere between minus 125 to a minus 130. Take me through what player prop you're looking at in this one. 
Yeah, so I'm going to go with Stars player Matt Duchesne. I'm going to take him to record a point at minus 140. He's had at least one point in six of the last seven. He's had at least one point in 15 of the last 19. And he's had at least one point in each of the last two games against Nashville. Bit of a revenge game because he used to play for Nashville. But I think Dallas is in line for a good offensive showing here with one point in 15 of 19. 140 still feels a bit cheap. Give me Duchesne point at minus 140. Yep, and with the Dallas Stars, it's been really interesting to watch them the last few years as they've been one of the better teams when it comes to just being able to D up. And with regards to the offense, it's been a little bit touch and go, but Duchesne has been able to help out this team as well. So we shall see what happens on that front. And Scott, I know that you're doing a great job of taking a look at the tennis front as well. And we've got a whole bunch of tournaments that are going on as I know that the Women's Association, they're currently in Doha. That's a actually 1,000 event. And then for the men, you've got a few different ones that are going down. I know that Rotterdam is right now the biggest one that we're seeing right now. And in terms of what we are seeing on this front, do want to throw at you this matchup as we've got Alexander Shevchenko going up against Holger Rune. Rune is about minus 310 in this spot. And this is going to be an early one. This is 4 o'clock a.m. Pacific, 7 o'clock a.m. Easier time in terms of when this thing starts up. But anything in terms of Shevchenko against Rune? Yeah, Rune had a bit of a struggle in the first round against, in my opinion, under an underrated player in Safulin. Got the job done, though, in three. I don't mind Shevchenko to win a set in this match. Uh, Rune has been good, but he's been vulnerable at times. And they actually faced off earlier this season, and you ended up seeing Rune win. But it went three sets. So I do think Shevchenko is capable of getting a set on the board here, but it's about minus 110, minus 120. I see a close match. I think Rune's going to win. Maybe if you want to experiment, take Rune in three. I don't mind that either. But I do think Shevchenko's going to get off, get on the board here. Give me Shevchenko to win a set at about minus 110. And then when it comes to this one, we've got a little bit of a more even up money line, but a pretty demonstrative favorite, nevertheless. And Hubert Harkes going up against Tyon Gaspor. Gaspor is about a plus 205 in this spot, but I know you're taking a look at the favorite in Herkes in this one, but you're finding a way to be able to reduce the juice. Well, I actually just like the over in the game, uh, in the match at uh, 23 and a half. Uh, I just think you're looking at what should be a very close battle between them. Uh, six of Greek Spore's last seven mat, uh, six of uh, Greek Spore's last seven sets, sorry, have gone to tiebreakers. So he's been involved in a lot of very long sets, a lot of games in those. Herkatch is the best server on tour. Uh, he went to a three-set marathon against Laheshka in the first round. Did not get broken in those three sets. So I do think that he's in line for, once again, a good showing uh, with the serve. And all three head-to-head meetings have gone to a deciding set. So these matchups have been competitive. I see a very close battle. Greek sport does have a home country advantage in the Netherlands. So we'll see if that helps him out. But I like the over at 23 and a half. Maybe you'll get two breakers. Maybe you'll get three sets. A couple ways to get there, though. Give me history to repeat itself. Give me this to go over 23 and a half. And then we've also got this one involving Jan Leonard Struff going up against Emil Radzavuri with with Leonard Struff. He right now finds himself right around about plus 145 in this spot. I know that you were taking a look at the games over in the previous one and feels like you're going to be looking for a little bit of a competitive matchup in this one too. Yeah, I'm going with the over once again. Uh, this one's at 22 and a half instead of 23 and a half. You can find it about minus 125. Both players have a lot of firepower. They both really like to unload on the forehand side. Rusevori's more of a baseliner. Struff can come to the net. Doesn't do it that often, but I expect to see a pretty close battle. Struff has gone to a deciding set in five of his last seven matches. So he's been involved in his fair share of marathons. And the lone head-to-head meeting between them did go to three sets. I think you're going to see a war here. Maybe you'll see a breaker, a 7-6-6-4. Maybe it goes to three sets. But I do think this line feels a bit short at 22 and a half. I'll be on the over at minus 125. And then do I have to ask you about this one? Right now we're finding Yannick Sinner as 
in a lot of places about a minus a thousand favorite against Gail Monfils. Monfils was very good back in the day, but he is now ancient. Any sort of value with regards to this matchup? Uh, it's Cinder's going to win in straight sets. Question <laughs> is, can you find value on the actual uh, team total under? Maybe. Monfils is a two-time champion here, so he does like the courts. That was several years ago. Did beat Chapovalov 7-6-7-6 in a match with no break, surprisingly. Uh, but Sinner is one of the best players in the world. So I just think that Monfils is going to have a hard time in this matchup. Tough to find value with minus 1,100. But if I had to, Monfils team total under. If you want to go with that, you can find his team total set at about 7.5. Even that's a bit low. Maybe Sinner team total under 12.5 at minus 140. I don't mind that. I don't think you're going to see a breaker here or 7-5. Give me Sinner to win 6-4, six, 6-3. Six, yeah, these chalky money lines in tennis, they can be a little bit difficult, but Scott does a great job of being able to unearth value in so many different markets. Tennis, NBA, NFL, you name it, he does it. Scott, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always great to have Scott Rachel aboard. And coming up to wrap up the show, I give you guys a beer review on my DK Network write-up for this College Basketball Thursday on the Greg Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5 and get a no sweat bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bet if your first bet does not hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Utilize the promo code VSN when you do because over at DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. We're back here for the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa the Sports Betting Network for the night. I'll be back with you guys once again tomorrow. But that said, if you're listening live to the Greg Peterson Experience coming up next, you get a replay of this fine program. Meanwhile, if you're listening to the replay at 4 o'clock a.m. Pacific time, 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern, it is Fall the Money with our good friends over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. As we've got Mitch and Paulie taking some much-deserved time off, so that means that 
You're getting a nice dose of Ryan Kramer along with Sean Green. They are going to be having a lot of fun. They're going to be getting you guys some winners on so many different fronts, whether that be taking a look forward to the next upcoming NFL season, taking a look at a little basketball action and so much more. They've got you guys set for a good time. And my job now is to be able to get you to follow the money safely, hopefully with a little bit more money in pocket yourselves as we've got our DK Network right to pick coming up in a few minutes. But as we know, March is best known for madness, but you know what? We've got some madness that is happening with regards to these beer reviews as well as I mean, it has been a lot of fun to be able to do the beer review bracket. We had ourselves a big time slobber knocker between three Floyds and New Belgium. And after three Floyds scored an eight and a half yesterday, we need to see how New Belgium responds. And in the beer review bracket, it is New Belgium. They utilize the Voodoo Ranger, the original Voodoo Ranger, because you've got so many different ones of them. You've got the Fruit Force, you've got the Juice Force, and let me say, I'm a fan of pretty much all of them. I was not necessarily the biggest fan of their newest one with the Cashmerize. I actually tried out both of them. I like Cashmerize a little bit more, but... That said, we went with the original Voodoo Ranger. It gets a 9.5 out of 10 out of all the beers that I have reviewed for this bracket thus far. That is actually the highest score that I have given out. So a bravo to Voodoo Ranger. Just one of those IPAs that if you're someone that you're not necessarily one for IPAs, I know that there's quite a few people out there. This is probably a really good starter one because it's not overly bitter. It's got some nice hints of citrus without overdoing it. And it's got really good hop integrity, a really good mouthfeel. This was one of my absolute favorites. And I mean, the Voodoo Ranger line in general always does a really good job. We shall see if New Belgium in the round of 16 as they're going to be taking on our good friends over at Rogue. So it's going to be a Rogue battle against the uh, New Belgium company. We are going to be seeing what they're going to be throwing out there because they've got stuff like their Trapel. I know that they've got a few sours. It's a very, very deep arsenal for New Belgium. It's going to be hard to take them down. And Zombie Dust, that was a beer advocate top 250 beer. And it went down to the original Voodoo Rangers. So we've got ourselves a lot of fun there. And... When it comes to the college basketball card that we do have on this Thursday, we've got ourselves a lot of games, north of 60 games in total. And when it comes to these college basketball Thursdays, a little bit less power conference action, but you have yourself just so many different betting opportunities. And it doesn't matter if you're taking a look at like the ACC, if you're taking a look at these big giant matchups, or if you're taking a look at something like, oh, I don't know, the two worst teams in the whack going at it, there's a value to be had. 755, 756 on the banking board. Abilene Christian, they throw their face off against UT Rio Grand Valley. Grand Valley does find themselves as a home underdog of two and a half points. So on this game, it is 149 to 149 and a half. This is the up from the opener of 148, and I wholeheartedly agree with the line movement. My write-up here is going to be on this total over. I personally set my total out of 155 and a half as you've got two teams that they are looking to absolutely gun it, especially this bunch in UT Rio Grand Valley. Grand Valley is ninth in the country. In terms of total possessions per game, it's not great defense as well. They are well outside the top 250 in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. So you do have yourself quite a few issues there. But when it comes to this Grand Valley team, this is a bunch that they are certainly going to be looking to go up and down. And they've been dealing with a few ailments recently that has been hurting their offense just a touch. But the defense it has been consistent. And by consistent, I mean they're consistently giving up points. As we are looking at my DK Network write-up, for this college basketball Thursday right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Esports Bank Network. And 
when it comes to Grand Valley. The biggest ailment that they have been dealing with is they've got Hassan Abdul-Hakim, who's been one of their top scorers, 14 points, 5 boards, shoots the ball from 3-point range, being out of the fold, and he's been missing for, I believe, now the last 5 or so games. He might have missed a game earlier on during the season, but it's been a little bit rough for them ever since he's went out of the fold. But again, a defense not showing fortitude that has been there. In the last three games without him, they've given up at least 79 points in every one of them, and they did show some signs of life in terms of their game against Stephen F. Austin, they were able to get to 84 in that one. And when it comes to the offenses of both of these teams, they do leave a little bit of something to be desired. And typically when you think, oh, two teams that don't necessarily shoot it well from three-point range, you do have your issues with regards to taking it over. But I would say don't in this case, because even though you've got a Grand Valley team that they only shoot about 29% from three-point range, that is a bottom 25 mark in all of college basketball. Flip side, you've got an Ambling Christian team that... They're closer to average. They shoot about 32.5 to 33% from three-point range. They're hovering right around 224th in all of college basketball. In terms of their three-point shooting percentage, you've got a pair of teams that they really don't look to take a lot of threes. In terms of percentage of points that come from three-point range, both of these teams sub-22.5%. With UT Rio Grande Valley, just 21% of their points come from made threes. That means that 79% of their other points come from made free throws made two-point shots. That is the 11th lowest percentage of points that come from three-point range in all of college basketball. Abilene Christian, they're also in the bottom 25. They are clocking in about 23rd worst in all of college basketball with that regard. And I do think that you're going to see both of these teams really look to go down low and really be able to exert their will as both of these interior defenses. Also not great. You've got Abilene Christian, 273rd in the country in opponent's two-point shooting percentage. With UT Rio Grande Valley, they are 278th. And when it comes to what you're getting out of the Abilene Christian Wildcats, you sort of know what you're going to be able to find. And that's a team that is going to be looking to generate a whole bunch of turnovers. This team, in terms of turnovers, forced on a per-possession basis, back in the top 45 nationally with this regard. And for Abilene Christian, it is one of those teams that they gamble for turnovers. If they're able to generate a turnover, that could turn into a very nice, easy, fast-break bucket for them. And if they don't, that's an easy bucket for opponents. That lends themselves very well to being a play a lot of overs in the spot. And they have had a little bit more three-point shooting this year than they've had in past years. You've been able to have Ali Abdudiba couple with also Arian Simmons be able to combine for about 32 points per contest. And then Hunter Jack Madden has been able to shoot 40% from three-point range. He's able to supply the team with about 12 points per contest. Both of these teams do leave a lot to be desired with regards to the glass as well, which should mean a lot of second-chance opportunities. With Abilene Christian, in terms of their defensive rebound rate, they're outside the top three in all of college basketball. Opponents are able to grab darn near 31% of their missed shots as an offensive rebound. And the same goes for UT Rio Grande Valley. They just have not been able to hold teams to a one-and-done opportunity. That means that you're going to get a lot of second chances, a lot of third chances, all these misses. They're going to be hauled in as an offensive rebound. And heck, you take a look at the first time these two teams played. It did go to overtime, so do want to mention that. It was a 91-89 to win that Abilene Christian was able to pull off. But, I mean, if you look at regulation and regulation only, game was 80-80. to You get that in regulation, that's 160 points. That goes well over the total. And with both of these teams playing as badly on defense as they have been, I do think that you're going to get points plenty. And I do think that Abilene Christian is good to be able to exploit the fact that you've been having Abdul Akeem being out of the fold for this UT Rio Grande Valley team and UT Rio Grande Valley. In general, it's been rough for them giving up against D1 competition at least 74 points in 19.
15 out of their last 21 games. I did something I told more around 155 and a half. I'm going to be looking at the over with my DK Network write-up pick. And when it comes to Abilene Christian, I did set them as a three and a half point favorite. I'm going to be willing to lay the two and a half with them. And I am going to be taking a look at this total over with regards to my write-up. And we really didn't hit a lot of the now known as Coastal Conference. You might know it better as the Colonial Conference. But I do think that we've got an intriguing game when it comes to this one. We go at 747-748. Charleston, College of Charleston. They're on the road. They're facing off against Northeastern. Northeastern is a home underdog of four points. So this game is between 154 and a half and 155. Now I did also set Charleston as a four-point favorite. So this is a scenario where I wait for a little bit of line movement. If we can get this to more around a four and a half, get this up to a five, that'll be a buy point for me on Northeastern. Anything below four, that is a buy point for me on Charleston. But what I do like here is the total under. Now with Charleston, they are running it and gunning it. This team is in the top 75 in terms of total possessions per game. And Charleston has been legitimately a top 20 team in all of college basketball in terms of points scored on a per possession basis when they are away from home. That said, this is also a Charleston team that they're just not shooting it amazing from three-point range. They do a nice job taking care of the ball with about 10 and a half turnovers per game. But Rain Smith, he shoots in the mid-30s from three-point range. He's able to supply you with about 11 and a half points per contest. Ben Burnham, Antti Brozovic, they've been able to combine for about 25 points per contest. But Northeastern is very good on the interior. Top 30 team in all of college basketball in terms of opponents' two-point shooting percentage. Northeastern as well. They're a top 75 team with regards to rebound rate. This is by the fact that you've got one guy in Chris Jordy, the transfer from Notre Dame, that gives you north of five and a half rebounds per game. He's been able to haul in there seven boards per contest. You've got a Northeastern team that they play outside the top 225 in terms of total possessions per game. They waste a lot of possessions as they turn the ball over about 13 times per contest. So I see a little bit of a lower scoring game. Looking at the under, if we could get north of four, looking at Northeastern. And what we're looking at at four o'clock a.m. Pacific time, seven o'clock a.m. Eastern is follow the money with our good friends of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network here on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.